In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Three in One, who has sent us a good shepherd that we might have life and have it to the fullest. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, many of you have suffered through many of my pop culture interests and fancies, and one of those is this show that I have mentioned in many a sermon that a lot of you, well, you just haven't been watching, and that's okay. You don't have to watch. But it is an interesting show in, in the terms of, of our culture. And the name of the show is Black Mirror. It's, it's a show that is sort of a, a, a kind of notion of, of a dystopian reality that we're living out currently. And, and there's something about that that resonates in our time. In fact, one of my favorite all-time coronavirus memes is just somebody holding up a sign that says, I don't like this episode of Black Mirror. And there's that kind of sense of we're living in this world that seems like it's an episode of Black Mirror, or if you're slightly older or slightly more retro, this time that seems like it's an episode of The Twilight Zone, where we're just like, what is going on? How is this life? And it starts us to to start thinking through those questions about, well, what is life? When do I feel really alive? And what does my feeling really alive have to do with even life itself? You see, the Black Mirror show, while it does a few different things, it really gets to the question of, well, what is life all about? What is the thing that unlocks the rest of life? What's the most important thing in life? And, and sure, there, there's plenty in Black Mirror that also discusses how we use technology and how sometimes the ways in which we use technology can actually lead us to be separated from one another. But there's also this question of what are the most basic fundamental things about life where we say, okay, that's the stuff that I really need to pay attention to. And so there's one of those episodes called San Junipero that is all about a couple who are getting older, and as they continue to get older, they they start to think about this idea of being able to upload their personalities kind of into the cloud, and being able to live with one another in the cloud kind of forever. And, and the question behind that episode is, well, is the major thing about life, is, is the big thing about life really just romantic love? But there, there's plenty of people that, that think that romantic love is great and all, but that's not the most important thing in life. In fact, some people think that, that power, that the acquisition of power, may, maybe that is the biggest thing in our life. And uh, one of the episodes that called USS Callister that is kind of this uh, play on the, the Star Trek stuff that, that's out there already, uh, that really gets to the question of, power, and is 
the thing that makes us truly living is having the power in order to be able to orchestrate our lives around us and even to orchestrate the other people around us. There are other episodes, uh, episodes like one that's called Me and Ashley Too, that is about acceptance. And, And maybe acceptance for some of us is what life is really all about, that if we uh, are accepted by the people around us, if we're lauded as a celebrity or if we're famous or if we're an influencer of some kind, well, maybe that at its deepest level is what life is all about. And there's even some that seem to almost kind of get to a, a religious understanding of what life is all about. Uh, One of the episodes, an episode called Crocodile, where a lady accidentally kills someone, goes through her wrestling with how she is justified from that reality, how she is able to escape and how she's able to see herself in a positive light even after taking the life of somebody else. Well, you don't need to just watch Black Mirror, in order to get those different perspectives on what life in its fullness is all about. We have all sorts of different narratives that are asking us to consider one thing or another being the fullness of life, being this abundant life that Jesus is talking about. And interestingly, we, we have this section in First in Peter this section in 1 Peter that is about suffering and how 1 Peter really, how Peter is explaining to the people that are exiled around him that that is a part of abundant life. And it doesn't seem right. You go, Peter, I'm not sure that suffering would even make it into Black Mirror. I'm not sure you could even sell that in sort of a dystopian reality that somehow that suffering is our best life now. But that's exactly what Peter seems to say, that that what we do as sheep is that we follow our shepherd. And who is our shepherd? Our shepherd is the one who was crucified, died, and was buried. Our shepherd is the one who went before us to pay for our sins. Our shepherd is the one who suffered greatly on behalf of all of humanity in a way that we could never suffer. So that our individual sufferings might have meaning so that our individual exiles might have meaning. And that's an interesting place for us to be, especially on a day like Good Shepherd Sunday, a day when we are called to think about Jesus in in terms of all of these pastoral images Probably the the image that comes up for you when I say Good Shepherd Sunday is that image of Jesus with a lamb wrapped over his shoulders around his neck. And maybe he's got a little smile. He's got this kind of rugged, tan look to him. He looks fully alive. 
But the crazy thing about that image is that it's lacking the thing that makes Jesus our shepherd. You see, any time that I've seen that picture, I've never seen that picture with Jesus with holes in his hands. Never seen that image with a picture of Jesus with a crown of thorn or, uh, thorns or even the wounds from a crown of thorns on his brow. You see, Jesus is our shepherd, and he continues to guide us. And we are the sheep who are almost obliviously playing along, running alongside our shepherd as he drips blood on the ground from when he has saved us from all that is evil. See, that picture of Jesus as our shepherd is the picture of Jesus who cares about our life so much so that he puts his own in peril, that he puts his own even in a way where he dies. You see, the others, the thieves and the robbers and The scholars aren't really quite sure if he's talking about the Pharisees and the Sadducees and all of the Sanhedrin, the ruling classes of of Judaism, or if he's talking about false messiahs who have come before. But the reality is that maybe this is bigger than either of those groups, but it's just false shepherds in general, people who would come in order to take advantage of the sheep. You see, the interesting thing about sheep is that sheep are fairly invaluable unless you're taking something from them. Sheep are kind of dumb. Sheep are kind of uh, easy to get lost. Sheep are even sort of kind of annoying. They, they press up against you. They, they gnaw at you. Sheep, when it comes to just their personalities, aren't really that great. The best thing that you can get out of a sheep is its meat and its wool. And Jesus recognizes that because there's stuff about us that other people would take, our meat, our wool, things that people would exploit out of us. And Jesus says, I'm not going to take those things that other people would exploit. Rather, the thing that I am going to have as the chief reason for my shepherding of you is not that I want to kill you and eat you. It is not that I want to shear you down to a point where you have to regrow again and then I can harvest some more from you. But rather, the thing that I want about you, our shepherd says to us, is I just want You. I just want you. I want you to live. I want you to have abundant life. I want you to live with me forever. As annoying as you are, as much as you tend to stray away, as much as you tend to gnaw at my clothes, 
I still just want you. And I want you to have abundant life with me. And so, as we live out that abundant life, we live out that abundant life by following our shepherd, our shepherd who suffered on our behalf, and following him through places like the shadow of the valley of death, knowing that our minuscule suffering is nowhere close to his own, and knowing that on the other side of the valley, we will reach our pasture and rest because he has killed the wolves by dying on the cross himself. May you this week follow that bleeding shepherd through the valleys that are around us, through this virus outbreak, through the things that are going on in your life, through the broken relationships, through the anxiety. Follow that shepherd and know that on the other side, there is rest, there is water, and there remains to be that shepherd who cares for you so much that he gave himself. Amen.